0: Hi, I'm Arianna Raji-Lee, and welcome to the Pashamama Mama podcast. Each episode, I interview a guest about modern motherhood to address its challenges, but more importantly, to celebrate its opportunities. From prenatal experts to postnatal health specialists, nutritionists, mums, and mums-to-be, I ask them to share their insights and stories with us. Welcome to Pasha Mama in conversation. to um, another episode of the Pasha Mama podcast in conversation. Today I am joined by Geraldine Gallagher who is a transition coach who specializes in maternity and career coaching and has founded Inspire Coaching. Geraldine is based in Cork so we are recording this via Skype. Hi good morning
1: Geraldine how are you? Good morning, Arianna. I am wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: Um, So we will dive straight in as we always do. Um, I guess the first question for you is, um, let's start with the basics. What is coaching? And specifically, I guess, what is transition coaching?
1: Yeah. So coaching really is a process for change and it's an equal partnership between the client and the coach. Um, The coach's role, I suppose, is about facilitating that change and supporting and challenging the individual so that they achieve their goals, whatever they might be, because they're going to be different for everyone. And also it's about bringing insight and awareness um, to the client so that they can identify the steps that they need to move forward and then move forward. So that's what coaching is in terms of the transition coach. So this is um, a title I came up with for myself and based on the fact um, that I was looking at the clients I was working with and the types of, of, I suppose, commonality between them all. And it was all around transitioning. So women transitioning out of the workplace, you know, prior to maternity leave and then returning to the workplace after maternity leave as long as as well as people who had been on long term absence, transitioning back. And then in terms of the career transitioning, it was around um, supporting people stepping into a promotion, or it may be supporting someone, gaining clarity on a career change that they want to explore, or it could be again transitioning into a new role in, in the existing organization or a different organisation.
0: That's really interesting do you mainly work with women or do you work I know that you do kind of corporate work and stuff do you work both men and women or is it mainly women?
1: It's mainly women now I have in the past worked with men because I think like confidence is one of the key things that I work with and you know I suppose a lot of the time we can make assumptions that because there's so many stats out there around how men are so much more confident than women but I've actually worked with guys around confidence so you know I think challenging our biases I think is a very valuable thing to do. Mm, definitely
0: and tell us a bit about your background how did you kind of get into coaching is this something that you've always done or something that you kind of found yourself falling into?
1: Yeah so basically so I spent 16 years in the corporate world as a management consultant so I would have worked in various industries from telecoms, financial services, banking, utilities. so very diverse industries and It was back in 2009 when I was living in London at the time and I attended a two day life coaching event. And I came out of there thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. I need to I need to do this. This is what I should be doing. And um, so I did my diploma in executive and life coaching in 2009. But also at the time I was working for a consultancy in London who had taken on a internal coach. And I remember distinctly going into um, a session with her. Now, at the time, I was managing a team and the project had gone into a lull. And I remember I had no motivation. Like, I wasn't really bothered what the team were doing, which obviously isn't good for any manager. Um, but I remember going into that meeting and her asking me the question on a scale of one to five, where is your motivation? And I just laughed. And I said, it's not even on that scale. Like, I'm minus five. Oh. <laughs> she knew she had her work without So, but what was really interesting was that was a 40, 45 minute session. And I remember coming out of that session and she asked me the question at the end, where is your motivation on the scale of one to five? And it was at a five. And I remember it like it was yesterday. This was back like in 2009 and I came out and I made a list of what I wanted to do and I pulled the team together. So my motivation was back up like that. And I realized that was so impactful and I rang her the next day and I was like what was that what did we do like that was amazing and she was like oh she said that's NLP and I was like right I need to get myself some of this stuff so um I actually went and did an NLP practitioner course with Ian McDermott over in London back in 2010 so basically that just gives me um more tools and techniques to share with my my clients um and then so that's kind of how I fell into I suppose coaching. So since 2009, I've had a dual career um, doing my corporate world stuff and then coaching people on the side. And then in 2015, then I relocated to a part of Ireland to have my first child. And I suppose been a new mum and not having any supports or people that I knew in the area, I joined all the mommy and baby groups locally. And that's when I realised and became, I suppose, aware that when women were transitioning back to the workplace, that it was a transition that caused a lot of anxiety for people and worry and, you know, um, impacted on their confidence, which I suppose I never really thought of before. I was a mum. So I suppose that's where I had my bulb moments and that's where Inspire Coaching um, was founded, really. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. And you, you you touched on some of the emotions that you said that women kind of struggle with when they're on maternity leave and the idea of kind of going back to work, um, kind of lack of confidence and stuff. How, you know, how can mothers, women start to um, overcome some of these feelings or at least start to prepare um, for that, you know, heading back to, into the workplace?
1: Absolutely. yeah, You know, like the reality is, it is a very emotional time. And what I'd also say is that we're all so unique and individual. So for some women, they could be three months out from going back to work and they're hit by these emotions and the worry. And for someone else, they may transition back what seems seamless. um, But it might be nine months down the road and it hits them because I've had people reach out to me at those points in time. So I suppose I just want to talk about, I suppose, some of the key emotions and ways um that I would suggest of 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 managing them and um, because I think the word overcoming almost insinuates that it's an uphill struggle and there's a lot of effort involved in it so I think language is a big powerful thing that we need to be aware of so the first one I'll talk about is mammy guilt and you know it's funny because a lot of women assume that either everyone has it or no one has it just from my experience I know that That I believe that people have it to some degree some people have it turned up really high and other people have it at an average level and some people it's quite low um so around mommy guilt the first thing I'd say is whose guilt is it because often what I hear is that they're getting throwaway comments that they're basically internalizing so it might be from you know a well-meaning person that says something like oh poor Mary that's an awful long day for her at the creche or you know it's these little comments that really can really hit home for someone Um. so what I suggest to my clients is that they contemplate on the question what does a good enough parent look like and I would really suggest writing that down so whatever thoughts come into your head because the feedback I've had from people on this is that It makes them realize the expectations that they have of themselves and that they aren't realistic. And also it allows them the opportunity to find for them what a good parent looks like. And then they can, you know, plan and take action in terms of what they can control and what they can do with the time they have available. So I think that's a really powerful one. The other thing I would say around mommy guilt is is journaling. I found it really powerful. I remember when my little girl, who's now four, she was two and a half at the time and she was transitioning from a childminder to the creche. And I remember like for some people that might not even they might not bat an eyelid, you know, but for me, I felt out of sorts is how I'll describe it I couldn't label the emotion but I knew I wasn't feeling okay on the inside if that makes sense yeah. and it wasn't until I actually took the time and sat down and went right I need to write I need to get out of my head or get out of my body whatever it is I'm feeling or thinking and by doing that it allowed me to become aware and understand my feelings and I realized i I realized on one level that I felt that she was becoming more independent and she didn't need me and it would make me feel sad but on another level I wanted her to be independent and growing and developing and it all I I realized by by doing that exercise that actually she's always going to need me but she's just going to need me in a different way and it really it was almost like having a bottle of coca-cola and shaking it up and all that fizz inside and by opening the lid releasing it's almost like those emotions inside me just totally dissolved like it was so powerful so I'd urge people to definitely just start writing about their their feelings and emotions and don't be afraid of it you know what comes up comes up it's almost like if we don't listen to our feelings I, I do think that they kind of just get louder and they shout at us so we have to do something with them.
0: Yeah, I'm a firm believer in, in if something is bothering you or, or you're feeling something, just get it out. Even if you say it mm-hmm. say it loud or put it on paper, at least it's kind of like out of your system
1: totally. um, in some way or another. So, yeah, that's that's a really lovely, lovely way of dealing with that. And the other emotion that I was going to talk about there, Ariana, is um, anxiety. Because I hear so anxiety is caused is caused by the thoughts that we're having. And a lot of those thoughts are fear based. So what I hear clients saying are things like, you know, the baby's not sleeping. I can't think straight. How am I going to be able to do my job? What if my replacement is better than I was? Um, you know, what if they found mistakes that I made? Um, and, and actually, there's a lot of women actually that would have had promotions before they went on maternity leave. So they may not have been that long in the role. So they're stepping back into a, a promoted role that has probably changed in some ways. So it's almost like they have a double a double um way of needing to prove themselves because I think as women I see that we kind of feel that we need to prove ourselves so they don't so not only are they proving that I can I can do it because although I'm a working mum um but I can also do the promotion whatever that that new role is Mm -hmm. so what I say to clients here is really to get out to find out what are those thoughts that are in their heads you know and are they true because you know thoughts are not facts that's the reality of it so find out you know what you can do. So the, so I suppose the thoughts that are true and they are facts, then look at solutions. So put your mindset into a solution focused. So what action can I take? Like it could be small things like it might be, you know, reaching out to your manager and having a conversation up front mm. about whatever is on your mind. Um, or it might be you know reaching out to HR or or a colleague inside but it's just because I think if we if we don't if we sit with that and we don't take any action it's almost like we're keeping ourselves in a state of of uncontrolled we've given our power away as it were
0: yeah and it will just perpetuate right you'll just keep stewing in it you'll just keep thinking about it And as you say if you just have feelings without knowing the facts then you know you, you mentally you can take yourself somewhere which doesn't really even exist yeah you know, so and that can be quite dangerous and quite scary. So, yeah, I, I that's a really that's just a really
1: good way of, of of framing it. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I suppose, the main the main the main ones. But lately, actually, it's interesting. um A couple of people talk about feeling lonely and I really I suppose I hadn't heard it before, but they were lonely at leaving their children. And I really got me thinking about if you imagine someone who's who's gone back to the workplace and are you know because the reality is these emotions can be all consuming at times and if someone is sitting in the workplace and they're all consumed and feeling lonely like are they going to be productive in the workplace Mm. i don't think so yeah you know and it's about again what i say to those people that are experiencing the loneliness it's like for me it's about self-care there and you know that question that i asked about what does a good parent or a good enough parent look like you know what does a good enough employee look like so not putting yourself under pressure and being able to step back and look after yourself in all of this because during this transition there's so much happening in terms of you your own emotions the the child or children and then obviously the change in the workplace so there is a lot going on so I think it's just about you know giving yourself the time and space to explore that for yourself without beating yourself up because you know everyone's human everyone goes through different emotions and it's just about finding a way to deal with that and support yourself
0: yeah, I guess a lot of that support then comes from having um, a good relationship with your employer, right? I mean, if you were to, um, you know, you have to feel confident and comfortable enough with them to, you know, perhaps get in touch with them to, to ask for those facts, to ask about that promotion, to ask for that change in, in what's, hap- what's been happening whilst you've been off. Um, if you are feeling kind of lonely at work, on your return, actually then voicing that it takes a lot of I guess courage and also trust with that employer which I guess not that many people experience unless you've been at a company for quite some time and you kind of feel that you know they you know that they've got your back
1: maybe yes I I think I suppose the reality is that it comes down to I suppose the person and how they view the situation and you know, how how they perceive they'll be, I suppose, judged by saying they're feeling lonely, maybe. Um, So I do think it can be a very challenging time for them because, you know, would they really admit that to their employer? And I would assume probably not because of the, the trust and because of the fear they have of how they'll be judged, you know. So I think so for me, like that's where I suppose having like what I do you know the independent service where people can come to workshops or do one-to-one coaching and deal with whatever challenges they're facing and have a plan and it allows them you know to go back to the workplace being more productive feeling supported feeling valued by their employee you know because I think sometimes when within the organization like I spoke about the coach I had internally and I I know um prior to that session I had with her like I would I wouldn't definitely not have gone in telling her the reality of where I was at it's just that I totally forgot I had that session with her on the day and that's why it just came out that I was had no motivation so it can be really difficult for people you know and so I do think that that companies need to be aware of that and you know to have something in place.
0: Yeah I was going to ask so I mean you touched on it the fact that you kind of go into into companies and, and you do um, kind of workshops and, and one-on-ones. What are this, what kind of systems would you like to see employers put in place in order to help women feel more supported when yeah. they're maternity leave and also kind of when they're coming back?
1: Yeah, so there's, this I suppose there's the obvious ones and there's the not so obvious. I'm going to talk about all of them because I think they're they're important things that employers need to be aware of. So the first one I'd say is flexibility. You know, it's yes. it's for employers to be really mindful of different ways of working. You know, th- everything is changing technology workplaces so it is about looking at what those policies are so I know some companies have phased return now that can be different for some for some people you know it may be a four day week for like three months for example for other people you know it could be doing two days three four five so increasing it that way it it all depends on the individual and I suppose what their needs are and then obviously what the employer's needs are and if they can you know if they can match brilliant it's a win-win or just finding middle ground and i think another big one is around you know uh, flexibility around start time and end times to allow working parents to drop the kids off and pick them up so there are different ways of working that organizations can support them but just on that i suppose it's the it's the key piece i think is about making your employees feeling feel valued and wanted and even lit, it's the little things that make the big difference to people. So if you have an employee coming back, like have their desk space ready, have their laptop set up, have a plan of what they're going to work on so that they feel that the amount of people that I've heard challenges in those simple logistics that our employers can totally, you know, they're they're low hanging fruit for employees to get right. Um, it's just crazy. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be a problem for any employer, I don't think. The other thing that I see from an employee's perspective is things like breastfeeding policies. Um, Now, I don't have much exposure to what is currently out there, but I know a lot of my clients who would have been breastfeeding and were due to go back to work were in panic mode and feeling that they needed to stop because their employer didn't provide, you know, a facility for them to do it. So, you know, these are the things that are important to employees. And I know in the UK, you have uh, a KIT keeping in touch days. We don't actually have that in Ireland. But I do think it would be beneficial to employees because a lot of employees who go on maternity leave, they don't want to feel excluded. They want to be included so there may be some training courses or seminars that are taking place you know as an employer like invite your employees they don't have to go but at least if they're invited it's it's making them feel wanted and valued so I think there are some of the the obvious and, and the less obvious and the other one I suppose is the obvious one is around training managers and um, you know to have those open conversations and not to make assumptions you know just because somebody's asking for Maybe, you know, parental leave. That doesn't mean that they're less committed in their career. It's just where they're at and where their priorities are right now. What what kind of
0: steps would you recommend um, somebody who's about to go on maternity leave do in order so that they feel that little bit more supported when they do end up coming back or transitioning
1: back into the workplace? So I suppose the reality is, and I know even in my own experience when I was going on maternity leave, I certainly didn't think past, you know, having the baby bit <laughs> <I didn't think laughs> going, going back to work wasn't even on my radar. Um and, and the thing is as well, you never know how you're gonna feel or where you're go where you know where you're at in terms of, you know, for example, if you're breastfeeding or not or whatever it might be. So I think it's just about when you're exiting the workplace. Like what I often see is a lot of women would have because I suppose women are kind of leaving it later to have their families. So, you know, they've worked all their lives. So let's say I'm an accountant. So in terms of how I see myself, that's my professional identity. And then by having to step out of the workplace to have your baby, um, you know, it's almost like there there's this fear of letting go of, um, you know, am I still going to be an accountant? Because, you know, I'm getting this kind of new badge of honour, as it were, becoming a mum. So it's really about letting people know that it's OK to feel that you're who am I when you're not in the workplace anymore and you're on maternity leave and you're doing, you know, maternity leave activities, as it were. Um, And then I suppose, you know, it's it's having an exit plan. So just think about things like obviously, this, the, the, the you know, the handover, all that kind of normal stuff. But speak to your manager or HR, whoever, and just consider, like, how do you want to be kept in touch? Do you you know Do you want? Like maybe there's a newsletter that goes out, you know, every month or every quarter and maybe you're you're not going to have access to your email. So maybe you've got a personal email address you'd like them to send that to you. You know, you may not want any of this and that's fine, too. But at least thinking about it and, you know, if you want to stay updated, how are you going to do that? Um, and the other thing that I would say is if during your time off that you are due to have a performance review and maybe it may it may be in line with a promotion, like I would be suggesting having that conversation before you go on maternity leave, like don't just assume that it can't happen because you're on maternity leave. Like there's no reason why if an employer should, shouldn't should facilitate have you having that now. Um, at least you know where you stand. And I think it sets women up for success because they feel like, you know they've they've controlled the controllables as it were
0: yeah that's super super helpful thank you um Geraldine I've just got one one more question I guess to finish um I mean I I mean I'm hearing it more and more but I guess given that you're in the thick of it have you seen a sort of rise in numbers of women that who, who want to kind of change career whilst on maternity leave um and what you know in if you have why do you why do you think that is is it because you know <laughs> you know they want that flexibility that their employees aren't aren't um, able to offer them or, or they come up with an idea that they that they given that they've had time away from their workplace to think about other things is that something that you're seeing is that something that
1: that um that you could you know offer advice and support on yeah, I suppose, look, I suppose the reality, I, I tend to work with a lot of senior women in corporate world, so they, they're they not so much looking for career change. However, what I am noticing is that when they are on maternity leave, they are getting curious about other employers and specifically around their family friendly policy and what they're offering. So I do think, you know, that 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 whole transition piece is an is an opportunity for employees to get curious and explore if they're if they want um but employers to make sure that they're doing everything they can to support you know it's, it's a talent management opportunity but in terms of other circles that I'm in I certainly see a lot of working moms exploring career change and a lot of it is actually setting up their own business and I I, th- I think I mean like part of the reason I set up my business as well was around the flexibility because when I first went back to work I was leaving at 7 a.m. and getting back at 7 p.m. And, you know, having a young family, that wasn't what I wanted. Um, But I suppose the advice, if if I was giving someone advice in terms of setting up your own business and one piece of advice I got um, with my first mentor was whatever um, duration of time you think it will take you, to get off the ground to get up and running it'll take you three times longer which I laughed <laughs> off at the time but he was so right and <laughs> <sighs> um, the other things I would say to people is you know do your market research inform yourself of your supports in your area like in Ireland you know we, we've got um, boards like the local enterprise office and enterprise Ireland and then there's local development offices that you can um, certainly reach out to um, speak to people in business you know find out what they're doing, how they're getting on, like get a mentor. I think that's key. Um, and networking, you know, there's a whole like there's so much positivity that you get from networking. And a lot of people may not be, I suppose, comfortable in that space. But, you know, especially if you're going into business, you're going to have to just get out there and start having conversations. And then I suppose in terms of the one key piece of advice I'd give to someone who's looking at career change, especially if you're ne- if you're in a senior role, Um, is to be mindful of the title and grade that you hold in your current employer because often the title may be similar in another with another employer but actually the level is a lot different so make sure you get informed before you start taking any action and you know LinkedIn is a a great um, network that you can reach out to people and connect and have conversations so don't be afraid and you know just be curious and get out there and have conversations and find out you know, what would work for you, basically.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Geraldine, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um I'm feeling, like, really inspired by all of this. So, so thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, you, you do a lot of your um coaching online right so i can i will i will link to your um website um and things and instagram and stuff in the in in the kind of show notes um and so if anyone wants to get in touch with you there they, they absolutely can but thank you thank you so much it's been a pleasure
1: my pleasure thank you ariana take, take care, care. Cheers.